This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. From MPB Think Radio, this is Fix It 101, the home improvement show to help you do it yourself. I'm Jason Klein here with contractor Delmore from Affordable Solutions 601 and Jeff Sammons from Houseworks. It's an open topic uh, day today. Great. I've been looking forward to this. <laughs> Love an it, open topic. Well, I mean, that way somebody can call in to fix the toilet or the ceiling fan or something on the wall or what you know. Or ask us also, anything. Or ask us anything. And that, it, you know what? We should probably limit that to home improvement oh, type you think? questions. Yeah. Okay. That could get hairy. Well, that would be, uh, right. you know. Fix it 101. Right. Okay. <laughs> Share your comments and experiences with us this morning by calling 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. How are you fellas doing this morning? I'm doing great. Couldn't really be better. It. You guys, uh, so I know you've been getting a lot of work done because there's been a lot of sun. A yep. lot of sun. Then all of a sudden... Yesterday in the southern part of the state, bottom dropped out for a minute and a half, and then well, it was fine I, again. I figured out how to control the the weather. Did you? Yeah, yeah it's amazing. Did we we gotta get it, it, it's 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 real simple. We need to get you like a harp gliss. Yeah, that, that's it. Right See, here. all all you have to do is spend about uh, ten to fifteen thousand dollars, put in a pad, uh-huh. put all your ditches in, right? Get ready for concrete, mm-hmm. and it's gonna rain. It'll rain. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's all you have to do. Oh yeah. So, uh, what an awesome business. Uh, okay, I wanted to start off here, Dell. How are you doing, man? Man, great. Have you been working? Oh yes, absolutely. Okay, so what what are you guys working on? Right now we're um we're doing a little drywall repair, um some some small jobs, but we finished up most of our major big jobs. We finished the building downtown, mm-hmm. uh, put a metal roof on, and um, we've just been busy, man. Okay, yeah, Jeff. Uh, finished the pool house at Lake Caroline. Uh-huh. Uh, got that wrapped up and turned out very nice. Um, starting a uh, project in Yazoo City, which is exciting, uh-huh. and um, starting a, a project in the city of Madison. Uh-huh. So um, we're, we're, we're staying busy. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good deal. Yeah, it's fun. All right. Well, you know what? We already have a call on the line, and I'll get to you in just a second, John. I wanted to, I wanted to go to this real quick because this harkens back to last week, our show last week. Um, uh, Nina sent something from uh, Tennessee. She said, as a home health physical therapist, remember last week we talked about universal design? Mm-hmm. I would implore all contractors considering, number one, making all doors at least 32 inches. This includes bathroom doors. They're not made for a walker or wheelchair to go through. Number two, make a roll-in shower with no lip to step over, which we talked about last week. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, this one also came up. Make hallways wide enough for a wheelchair to make a turn into a doorway. That's unique you know, when you think about it. Sure. So, anyway, but there are guidelines for that. We talked about that. And you can catch the podcast if you miss Universal Design. All you got to do is go to mpbonline.org or your favorite podcast app. All right, John's on the line in Mobile. Let's go. And uh, you wanted to talk about propane and propane products. What's going on, man? I have a question about plumbing. Yes, uh, sir. Hot work on plumbing. Specifically, I've done a little bit of uh, soldering with propane gas. Mm-hmm. And I'd heard that maybe switching to MAP 
gas, M-A-P-P, whatever, uh, is preferable. I'd like to get your thoughts on that. Thank you all for being awake this early in the morning. <laughs> I'll, I'll listen to your response online. Okay? Thank you. Yes, Bye-bye. sir. Thank you. All right. Um, gentlemen, pros? Now, now, let me let me say this first, John. There are no plumbers in the building, right? <laughs> in it. I mean, uh, you know, your 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 end result of when you sweat your copper, right. is is heat, right? So, we've been using propane. I'm not familiar with MAP All right, when it John. comes to that. You know, other than in the welding industry, right. I think they use it. Uh, um, Dell, any thoughts? If not, we're going to put it out there. Uh, yeah. yeah, we better call out plumber. Okay, yeah. So here we go. Uh, John called in, wants to know the difference between uh, propane and MAP and which one is better. And if you know that, you know the number to call, 877-MPB-RING. Let's try to help somebody out here. All right, I have a, uh email right here about another thing that we referred to last week, and it was somebody setting me straight with this email. I, we mentioned, Dell, mm-hmm. a certain type of um, toilet. Oh, and yes. we were talking about the difference in sizes of these toys, like in yes. heights. Yes, yes. So anyway, uh, got a email from Candy and says, hey, Fix It 101, love your show. A man called in today about the step under bedside, the uh, the step under, quote, bedside the potty. I think that's what the it says. Easy potty. Yeah. Beside. Oh, there we go. It helps elimination by putting you into a better position. It really does help. You can get, quote, Squatty Potty, that's the name of it. That's, mm-hmm. that's the product, a Squatty Potty. At Bed Bath & Beyond or, I'm sure, other retailers. Light plastic C-shaped step that you tuck under the bowl and pull out a tad to go. So mm-hmm. there you go. All right. I can answer the gas thing now. Oh, you got Google? <laughs> I have Google. Okay, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Map, M-A-P Pro, Map mm-hmm. Pro versus right. Propane. Mm-hmm. Uh, Map Pro burns uh, at a temperature of 3,730 degrees Fahrenheit, while propane burns at 3,600 degrees Fahrenheit because it heats copper faster. Well, that's it. I'm never using propane. Exactly. Faster into a higher temperature. Map Pro gas is a superior alternative to a to propane for soldering. Okay, it's so, superior. Map is superior for soldering. Well, let's and, just say and, and that. I see it now. It's 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 it burns uh, hotter. hotter and faster. So okay, mm-hmm. if it's cheaper, go ahead and get it. Well, all right. Time is money, I guess. That's right. Number to call is eight seven seven MPB ring. That's eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Lots of projects going on at this time. I think I mentioned last week that my wife and I finished the little blind into the carport, and it just oh yeah, yeah great, good. just fantastic. Mm-hmm. These slats. Um, but there's lots of projects going on, and uh, someone here asked about a project today. They've got a mailbox. Okay. A mailbox that is shaky in the ground, like flopping back and forth. Yep. So they uh, came and asked if they could use Quickcrete to fix this problem, and and one can do that. Yes. Uh, Dell, you've you've I'm sure done this a thousand times. Uh, post holes. Oh yes, so I've it, even uh, broken a couple of mailboxes, <laughs> bagged over them. All right, go ahead and give me the yeah. procedure for mounting this pole so it's not going to go anywhere. Well, the best thing I would say is I, I like to redig and set mines. Um, but if if it's okay, you can um, post some concrete, uh, the quick quick in there, the um, the little bags on the sides. 
Okay. And pack that in. You talking about like putting the whole bag in there? Well, as needed, I would say um, it just depends on the post and the size. You could uh, half a bag, but if you're not mm-hmm. going to need it, you might as well go ahead and use it all. So if I'm using a four by four wooden post, okay, for my mailbox, mm-hmm. and about how far into the ground do you think that mailbox should go first, or that post? Twelve to eighteen inches. What do you think? Yeah, twelve eighteen inches. Okay, twelve eighteen inches. Deeper is better. Right, Mm -hmm. deeper is better. Sure, Uh, but also uh, remember eight one one in this particular situation. And two, another thing: think about eight one one is not going to find your irrigation system. So Ooh. now, oh, no. oh, they find your electric. And they your, find electric gas. Uh, they're not going to. They're not going to locate water, and they're not going to locate irrigation. Oh, oh, okay, oh. irrigation. And, so. and but think about what you're doing. You're not holding a gate. You're holding up a mailbox. Right. So right. so it's not that much weight. Yeah, you know you can a, go overkill. Mm-hmm. So. Just be careful with that. So yeah. uh, use post hole digger. Get it down there to, like Dell said, you know, 12 to 18 inches. Or if you want to go further, that's yeah. fine. Uh, but put in, say, a single bag of 50 pounds of quick creep. Mm-hmm. I would get enough space between my hole mm-hmm. and my pole, mm-hmm. post, pole, whatever. Right. It's holding the mailbox up. That you have adequate concrete between those two um Surfaces. How much would you say? Two to three inches? At least, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, between mm-hmm. between the surface of the post and the dirt needs to be sure. two to three inches right. of concrete. Yep. Okay, well, there we go. And it should stay forever. Now, right. something I do, <clears throat> some people don't do it, but I'll put a little water in the hole already, you know, just a little bit. Mm-hmm. So that bottom will go ahead and... And we were talking about that earlier. That no, you do not have to pre-mix the concrete. You you can pour the, pour the powder yeah. into the ground. I know someone's going to call and just like mm-hmm. blow me up on that. Oh, you're you so incorrect. Right. <laughs> but you can put the powder into the ground. And if, if you want to, like you said, Dell said that you can, you can put a little water into the ground, you know, the garden hose, however you want to do that. Or some people say you can just... Cover that hole back up, and, and it, it will it will turn to concrete in no time. Mm-hmm. Right? There's a lot of you know. There's groundwater. That's right. So there's there's groundwater, moisture in the especially ground. in Mississippi. Yep. No, number to call is eight seven seven MPB ring. That's eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Now, when we come back from the break, we're going to continue our discussion, help you with whatever home improvement projects you're working on. Also, we'll take a look at the number six thousand six hundred and forty nine. Wow! What was Jeff's that? looking at me? Yeah, right. That's <laughs> right. Right. We're going to tell you how it ties into home improvement. 6,649. It's very significant. We'll tell you how it works right after this. Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio. Deep South Dining is the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. From fried chicken and collard greens to shrimp and grits and a glass of sweet tea. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or download our MPB public media app. Welcome back. This is Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio. I'm Jason Klein here with Delmore of Affordable Solutions 601 and Jeff Simmons from Houseworks. Welcome back. And uh, I have to, I have to right, we went into this thing talking about 6,649. I asked right before we went to break, uh, 
What is the significance of 6649 to the home improvement industry? Well, that is the amount of money a homeowner spent on average during the last 12 months on just home improvements. So just on home improvements, the average homeowner in America spent $6,649 on their home. So, Five, 500 bucks a month. Yeah, just on home improvements. Sure. Wow, yeah. really? I didn't think yeah, about that. That's I know. nuts. That's a, that's a big number. Yeah. All right, so let's go to, um, oh, Charles is on the road, is on the road, and he's got a suggestion for this post hole. What's going on, Charles? Uh, yes, sir. They were talking about using QuickCrete for a, uh, setting a post for a mailbox. Yes, sir. If you, use, if you use pea gravel instead of QuickCrete, when the wood rots from the uh, ground and the moisture and everything, uh-huh. you can replace it a lot easier using pea gravel, and it sets it just as solid. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. I didn't think about that. Um, yeah. And you can buy the pea gravel bags just like you can sure. the QuickCrete bags. As a matter of fact, QuickCrete sells pea gravel as a brand. So the yeah. so the pea gravel is, is holding it just as uh, strong as the, the concrete? Yes, sir. Huh. And it allows the moisture to go away. Uh, yeah, uh, I like that. That's a fantastic uh, it'll, idea. It'll let it last a little longer also. But, yeah, I just... Heard you guys talking about quickcrete. I love quickcrete. Don't get me wrong. Right. But <laughs> it's it's just a little. You know, when you have to replace a mailbox, say somebody backs over. Sure. It, right. You know, it, it's easier to move pea gravel than it is to remove concrete. I like that. I would name. See, I would have renamed quickcrete to. I'd call it there. Yeah. Because every time you pour that stuff into a hole, you look at it, there. That's never going to move again. Yeah, you know, you know they, they make a, which I tried it, didn't really like it, but they make a very small bag that you mix with water, uh-huh. and it expands. Right. It's, I don't think it was as, as successful as they hoped it was going to be, because I haven't seen it on the market you know, in the last few years. Uh, expansion concrete? Yeah, it comes like in a one-pound bag, and you pour it in the hole, add just That's a scary. little bit of water, and then it right. starts expanding. And- I'll tell you one thing One thing, uh, uh, Charles is talking about with the pea gravel. I bet that pea gravel would be great on the bottom of the post hole, or yeah. bottom mm-hmm. of the post underneath the post, you know? Sure. Uh, let that drainage go. Anyway, number of calls, 877-MPB-RING. Here we go with another uh, email. Candy asks, uh, recently we found mold or mildew on wood furniture in the rooms on the east side of our home. Who do we contact to come out well, and inspect it? Tell us uh, the cause and how to get rid of it. We understand a structural engineer will cost $450 to come in for an inspection. Any advice would be appreciated. Um, so, folks, do they need a structural engineer for this uh, mold on the furniture? No. 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 That, that's a quote from that's, the that's not the right right person, in my opinion. Did you say get a quote from ServPro? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, anyone that can do air quality tests. Mm-hmm. Is 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 what you want? Uh, typically, it's going to cost you a couple hundred bucks. They're going to um, test your air quality inside the home and test it outside the home. Compare the two. Who who does air quality tests? Uh, gosh, we've we've had that done a few times. Uh, is that a? I, I think that's a yellow. Page. Is that a? Is it? I mean, is it an agency I mean, there, or? Yeah, there there's local. There's okay, local okay. vendors that will do that, right? right All right. Here. Well, so so what you're suggesting is, is this not might not be a structural issue 
that this may be? I don't think it is at all. I think it's a, um, I mean, let's think about what, how microbial growth lives. Right. Some moisture. Which is moisture in a food source. Mm -hmm. So So we're talking about found mold or mildew on wood furniture. And and I thought that was interesting because it says wood furniture specifically. Mm -hmm. I know it. It's so strange. Like it's in the air. I don't think there's air moving. Maybe they have the air off. Maybe Ah. this is upstairs in a room they don't use. Does that something is going on? You know, you need to think of your house as a living, breathing object because it really is. It 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 needs it it needs to have conditioned air twenty four seven. Right. All the time. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's not good to close off Something's rooms. going on in that particular room. Interesting. That okay. I, I, okay. I don't think we're getting the entire story yet. I think that's fantastic. All right. Number to call is 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. This is crazy. Now, I, I did not know that the thing would become about the mailbox. That was just a, a thing. Uh, Sue is in Beaumont. What's going on, Sue? Well, I, I want to make a comment about, I wish somebody from the Postal Service would call in about can, what kind of structures you can have on your mailbox, because I used to drive to work and see this guy, he'd put his mailbox on a sturdy brick <laughs> with his um, mailbox enclosed in brick. Uh-huh. And then one day I noticed it was gone, and he was out getting his mail. I said, well, what happened? He said the authorities, he didn't say, he told him that it was up. Uh, a brick structure like that too close to the road, someone could peer mm-hmm. off the road. I don't know if you had it too close to the road or they just don't like it enclosed in brick because right. someone could hit it and have an accident and really injure themselves. Well, that's always been the uh, catch-22 is that if you put up a mailbox that's a little flimsy, someone's going to hit it. And and if you're in a bad spot again and again and again, you got to put it back up. So you put that brick one up, so that, and you're thinking in your head when you put the brick one up, oh, yeah, I hit that. Right. You know? No, they outlawed those. Right. <laughs> You know, for the same reason she said, uh, someone can hit it and cause a lot of damage. Right. Um, Sue, uh, that's that's a good point. I appreciate it. Thanks. All right. Thanks. Bye-bye. All right. David's on the line, um, and he's on the road. He's got a brick column that is leaning. Where is this brick column, David? It's uh, Actually, I've got one on either side of the driveway um, near the street mm-hmm. uh, at the entrance uh, to my house. Um and one of them, and they're actually fairly close to the drainage ditch, too, which I don't know if that's part of the issue or not, uh, but one of them is starting to list to one side, and I'm just not sure how to go about, uh, first of all, straightening out, supporting it, straightening it out, and then what to put underneath it to uh, to hold it in place once I do get it straightened out. Uh, well, you you got a couple of things there to deal with, uh, guys. Definite foundation problem. Yeah, I mean, your that brick pillar needs to have a foundation under it. Uh, You've obviously got an erosion it's, issue. Yeah, also. it's it's carrying a load, um, David. So um, it's just it's just like your house. It's just carrying less of a load. So I don't think you're going to straighten it and keep it straight successfully. Um, I think you're less expensive to tear it down, dig the proper footing, pour your footing, and then build on top of the proper footing. Mm-hmm. Keep your drainage away from it, just like you would your house, uh, and it, it should uh, it should last you know forever. Believe it or not, David, building a column is not nearly as uh, costly, right, or as difficult as you may think. 
Yeah, a lot of times <clears throat> they just don't have the proper footing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and in the grade that's away from it. Yeah, you know. but I, I think he's right. I, I would like to say, and Dell, this usually is the way you go. The fact that he that that uh, column is 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 moving means like you guys said the ground is moving but there's usually only one reason that ground moves yeah and that's water some drainage somewhere drainage issue get the right. get the water right away from it otherwise you'll just keep rebuilding that's it back. right that's right right like like i said it's it's fairly close to the to the drainage ditch that runs alongside the street i mean it's pretty much adjacent to it well containing so, that uh, ditch might be your way to uh stop all that yeah, yeah. Yeah, get your get your footing far enough out of the ground that that you can adequately uh, divert the water away from that footing. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. Thanks, David. Okay. All right. Let's keep moving. Uh, we'll go to uh, Jesse and Mobile. He. Uh, let's see. I'm not exactly sure. Wait a second, Jesse. Are you there? Yep, I'm here. What were you going to ask about? A couple of weeks ago, we talked about fencing, and I told you guys there was a product I used. Oh, my gosh, Jesse, now I remember you. You sent us a picture of the stuff that you used. Yes, I'm trying to make sure you guys got it. Yes, and Jesse, I would like to say thank you very much. I I do want to say the stuff that he used, if you listen to that show, Jesse was talking about spraying this this stuff onto his fence and it like peeled the gray part of his fence off and just left that nice yellow wood. Oh, what he was talking about was house wash folks. Ah, Um, so, and you can do that two ways. You can go and get the house wash or wherever you'd like to go. Dell was mentioning last week. He just likes to half and half some bleach. Mm -hmm. Um, and both will work in that capacity. But, uh, Jesse, I can tell you, you have discovered a great thing. I use it on uh, on the uh, the the outside furniture. That'll blow your mind mm-hmm. if you use it there. Yeah, there's nothing like seeing it drain down and the color comes back <laughs> magically. <laughs> right, <laughs> brand new again. Right. Yeah. All right. Okay, appreciate it. Verify. All right. Thanks. Thanks, Jesse. All right. Number to call is eight seven seven MPB ring. That's eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Uh, going back to that, I've got a, a question, an email going kind of like the, the garage columns where they mm-hmm. were slipping. Here we go. Uh, Karen sent an email in. Is there a way for a homeowner to know whether a wall is load bearing without a contractor looking at it? Mm. Mm. Sure. Sure. You got an attic access. Well, yeah, go up in the attic. Okay. And, uh, I mean, you, you gotta you gotta start thinking, okay? Um, do we want to do that before or after the attic? <laughs> <laughs> you know, get up in the attic and you will see the top of those walls. Really, and um, you're going to have ceiling joists resting on top of those walls. Mm-hmm. Typically, if you have a ceiling joist that is at the end of that board. And another one coming off of that, mm-hmm. that would indicate that that is probably a load-bearing wall because it's carrying that ceiling joist. Right. So, mm-hmm. you know, where that where that breaks. Right. That's typically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then where you're bracing would be, could be another indicator that that's a, that's a uh, load-bearing wall. And you're basically taking that and transferring the load down to the foundation. Right. So. Right. Um 
Gosh, I mean, it's kind of, of, unless it's, there's been a header used somewhere. It's, it's in kind of a loaded question. Can the homeowner determine? Well, yeah, right. Yeah, if I mean, you're paying for it, you can. Um, I mean, you can you can call a contractor. They're going to come look at it, and I mean, I don't think they're going to charge you. No, to, to tell you if it's a load. No. Well, you know, I mean. Um, I can say this. All right. She says, I'm not going to remodel at the moment. But would like to know for future plans. The wall in question is between my living room and kitchen. Boy, that, that one's always been the wall that everybody wants down. Right. You know, the one between. And, 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 but there are different variances of things that you can do. Even if that ends up being a load bearing wall, of course. you can, you can put a hole in the wall, kind of like a window. Yeah. You know, you can, you can do a, um, a column. Uh, you could, yeah, you could, you could do an exposed header with, with, uh, you know, nice right. big rustic beam yeah. with, with two legs on either side that whatever's right. going to carry that load, what you're doing is you're transferring that load right. to each side opposed to, um, uh, the middle. Right. And either way you can make it so that you can see from your kitchen to your living room one way or another. Sure. Uh, yes. if you want that, then you can get that. All right, uh, you know what? We're going to take a break real quick, but but I have a question for you. When we come back from the break, we're going to talk about part of the house that gets the most attention when it's time to remodel. Okay, I know you guys know this. Okay, it's got to be either the kitchen, right, or the bathroom. We'll let you know when we get back from the break. This is Fix It 101 from MPB Think Radio. The information presented on Fix It 101 is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the host and guests and the listening audience. Please consult a licensed contractor for guidance about your home improvement or related questions. Welcome back. This is Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio. I'm Jason Klein. You were contractor Dell Moore of Affordable Solution 601 and Jeff Sammons from Houseworks. Today is an open topic today. We're just here to help. No big deal. Now, when we went into break, we were talking about what is, and this is so cool, uh, what part of the home gets the most attention when it's time to remodel? Well, according to Home Advisors, 25% of homeowners are planning to remodel their bathroom in the next 12 months, compared to only 15% of homeowners planning to remodel their kitchen. Pretty cool, huh? Yeah. All right. We've got a call. Kathleen is on the line from Osaka. She's talking about that mold on the furniture that we talked about. Uh, uh, someone sent in an email a little bit earlier, and they were saying that they were they were showing mold on wood furniture in a particular part of their home. Kathleen, are you with us? I am. Um, I got the <clears throat> three things to check. First, check the outside of the house on that side. Make sure that there's not a tree overcovering or a shrubbery. It tends to retain moisture. And you'll notice on the east side of the house, the sun is not as strong as on the other side. So that moisture tends to stay longer. And then when you go on the inside, see if the moisture on the furniture is closer to the window or the wall before you do anything. And here's the odd solution. No, wait, 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 wait. It, Hang on. Don't go over here. Why? The window or the wall? It could be the window leaking. Oh, okay. uh, air, moisture through the window, right. could be through a baseboard, or if it, there's a, if it leans to one side of the room, investigate that side of the room first. Mm-hmm. All right. And a way to find some of these leaks, which is safe, a little bit odd, me saying this, it's called a beekeeper 
smoker. It's like the shape of oh, a... Yeah. Like an old oil can kind of looking thing. Pretty much, yeah. This has like a small bellows on it, so it keeps the smoke going. And go around the top of the ceiling and go around your windows, your baseboards, your light fixtures. And you'll probably find that that moisture is coming from a certain location in the room. Too, when you start using any kind of deck wash or stuff to get the mold off, Mm -hmm. be careful because being a chemical, harsh chemical base. If that furniture isn't sealed, it'll raise the grain, which it won't go bad overnight, but it will allow it, like, it absorbs more sun, it absorbs more moisture, cracking, splintering, and things like that. Okay. Well, thank you, Kathleen. Appreciate it. You know I'll call if I got something. Oh, yeah. Thanks. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Yeah, and and I know that she works with furniture a lot, uh, antique furniture, so so I know that she probably has that issue. I, I can tell you, I saw... One time, years ago, my dad held a little smoker thing mm-hmm. up to, oh, it was like a powder substance, up to an outlet oh, in yeah. our home. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. my gosh. Wind if you just ever, blowing in. I tell you what, folks, if you've got like a Bic lighter, yeah. take your Bic lighter and walk up to the outlet yep. where you plug in your stuff mm-hmm. and, and light that Bic lighter right outside the holes and you're going to be you're going to be knocked off your seat that it's going to that flame is going to move from That's right. air moving in through the holes and and it's real easy to fix it is it's they make very, a thing very easy to fix um go up in your attic mm-hmm. <clears throat> just above that outlet is going to be a hole in your top plate mm-hmm. seal it that's it that's it so Man, that, that See, can't be that easy. Yeah, Come on is. now. Yeah, because yeah, the, the air actually tunnels down through that hole. Well, if you'll, if you'll go up in your attic and look, mm-hmm. and please don't get yourself hurt because I told you to go in your attic. Right. <laughs> but <laughs> We have a when, disclaimer for that. It's yeah, okay. good. Yeah. When, the, when the electrician was, was brought into your home to wire your home, mm-hmm. they typically have one bit. And it's right. big, and it's big, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And that's what they—they they don't care if there's one wire going down through it or, or four. Right. It's, they're going to drill same size hole. Right. So fill that hole, fill the other void of that hole, because okay. think about all your attic air is going down through there because your attic is breathing, uh-huh. and um, air is going through there and coming out your outlet, stealing, okay. stealing your um, um, heat and cool. You can see this, folks. You actually can see this, like I said, with just a regular lighter and holding it uh, fairly close to an outlet. Yeah. You'll see it, uh, that air moving right there at the outlet. All right, number to call is 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. It's an open topic show. We can talk about anything you like to work on today or anything of that nature. Uh, have a really interesting email here. You ready? All right. Um, all right. Oh, I think we're already kind of behind the curve here, guys. Uh-oh. This email starts with Fix It 101 Gurus. We could never live up to that already. I know. All right. So we're going to need your help. Uh, we have an unusual two bedroom. We have uh, unusual two bedrooms with small balconies. Former rooms for our children, now grown and flown. But uh, in a crude but strong ladder out of 2x10s and 2x8s, we would like to replace these with something nicer now that we can uh, afford that kind of thing. I thought spiral staircases might look nice and take up less floor space. How hard is it to build and install a spiral staircase, preferably metal? Thoughts? Well, 
he's they he or she do self. He or she is is correct. The spiral is going to take up less room. Mm-hmm. Um, it's almost impossible to get furniture up and down. Right. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's that, a good that point. would be that'd be one of my concerns. Right. Um, is that a do-it-yourself project? I, I, I don't really think it is. Okay. Uh, it's going to require metal work. So is this um, something that's typically done on-site, or is it prefabbed? I, I think most of them are prefabbed. Okay. I really do. Um, and I don't want to talk you out of it. I mean, it'd be a fun project. Right, right. So, oh, it would be. It'd be a big one. Sure. Uh, but it'd be a fun, fun project. Um I think that would be a lot of fun. I've seen a couple of different spiral yes. ladders, and, and oh, some of them absolutely, and some of them They're are gorgeous, beautiful. man. Sure, I mean, you know you can do some really neat stuff. And you know, so what? Get your furniture up there. there there's other ways to get furniture in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there has to be egress, so there, there'd be a window somewhere, right? So, oh man, that's true. Yeah. Um, All right, um, there you go. So hopefully that helps. Number to call is eight seven seven. MPB ring. That's 877-674-7464. We were talking about also tools this morning. I I was talking about the difference this morning to uh, my daughter about Phillips screwdrivers and flatheads. (laughs) And and I told her that Phillips screwdrivers is what a lot of people use on a lot of things, especially things like sheetrock, things like that. Flathead is what you use to break your knuckles open. You know, and, I, and split skin. I don't even know why why we have a a flathead. I, I really don't. <laughs> I've never I've never really found the good use. Electricians for that. still use them constantly. Uh, well, true. You maybe, know? maybe that's the only you place know, like, we should if use you, them. Like we were talking about the outlet. Like yeah. if you look on the outlet, the little oh, yeah. switch plate is always a, a flathead. You're right. And every time I get to it, I'm like, God, I hate that. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> they have special screwdrivers. Too. I know. Well, and see, and that's the whole thing. Is it? Is yeah. The 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 bent one. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. All right. Um, ooh, a walker won't go up spiral stairs. Well, no, of course it not. It never occurred to me. That, I mean, a, it will not be uh, compliant. I'm not sure a walker's going to go up a, a regular stair. <laughs> no. Okay, that's, that's a good mean, point. You know, your tread is only, uh, um, your stairs are 7 and 11, so, uh, you know, your tread width is only 11 inches. Right. Wait, wait, what did you just say, 7 and 11? Hook me up. What seven, are you talking about? 7 inches is is your rise. Okay, that's uh, how tall it is. That's how tall it is. Okay. 11 inches is your tread. It's what your right. feet land on. Oh, okay. And that's what we are used to, 7 and 11. Right. Uh, that makes everything comfortable. Okay. So yeah. I don't really think it's wise to take a walker on any up or down right, yes. I mean, come on. <laughs> All right, let's go to uh, Zach is on the line, and Jackson has got a question about tile shower ventilation. Zach, are you with me? Yeah, I'm right here. Yeah, this place can be kind of creepy without the ventilation. (laughs) So what's going on, Zach? So we're redoing a bathroom. Um, It's connected to another room, but it has no floor vent, um, so to get HVAC in there. Um, So we keep the door open to make sure that it doesn't get moldy, but it has this antique... Um, heater slash vent thing in the ceiling, and I, yep. I don't think it's connected to go outside. So if I were to replace that, do I put a vent that pumps the air into the attic, or do I need to get that to go all the way outside? Does that make sense? Sure. I'm waiting on hey, you, big guy. I, look, um, depending on what county you're in will dictate the code what you must do. Okay. My opinion 
is always take that out if you can. Okay. Always. Yeah, because you'll be putting um, moisture on you. There's, there, are some, there are some great ventilation fans out there on the market. Uh, one is a, um, uh, and I'm going to go ahead and say it. Yeah, sure. Uh, Panasonic Whisper Quiet. Uh, okay. I absolutely love them. Absolutely. Um, huh. they, the, the, I think the smallest one they have is a 150 CFM. And it goes up from there, but um, we're kind of hoping you'd give us uh, what in the dollar range we're talking. About. A little pricey, okay. Uh, a little pricey. What's that sound if, like? If you go to the big box store, you can buy a bathroom ventilation fan for twenty five, thirty bucks. Uh-huh. Uh huh. You get into the Whisper Quiets, you're going to spend a hundred and a half. Okay. For okay. A, for a bathroom ventilation fan. But what, so, what 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 do I get as the difference between the the twenty five dollar one and the one hundred and fifty dollar one? One that works. One that, oh one so, that works. One that does the thing. One that yeah. does what it says it will do. Yeah, okay. All right. So, well, and it's quiet what? as a whisper. That may um, be actually worth paying the money. And for. then yeah. you know there's other ventilation options. You can get can lights that are that are also ventilated. So. There's a lot of that options. just sounds impossible. Yeah, that's so cool. OK, uh, let's keep moving. Number to call is 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Dell, I have one for you here. An email that just came in. And uh, I think I've heard you answer a question like this before. So <laughs> here we go. I have a leaky two foot by three foot skylight and was curious about your recommendations for getting it fixed. Should I go with a roofing company or a contractor, and should that be uh, should that fix come with a warranty? A rough idea of about how much that kind of cost, uh, that kind of fix would be appreciated. Absolutely, um, definitely. You would want a roofer that you know to get up there and inspect it, and and you you know want to know the um, how old is the skylight? You know if it's. Um, Several years old, you can just go ahead and replace it, but you can seal them. You, there's different um, options. You have um, the new um, tops. You can put a new top on the old base, mm-hmm. and um, it just depends on. And she says it's leaking on the corners. Sometimes they can be the flashing. They got different styles. Right now, back in the days, you had step flashing and all types of different complications. So, how much does a a uh, about, I'm not going to yeah. hold you down here, but how a much? Two by two? A two by three. Two by three. Uh-huh. About. It, it's the various because, you know, right, let's say we get, Let's say you we got. go cheap. Let's go Apollo. Okay. Thing. let's uh, uh, Economy brand, you probably can get a, a skylight around about two and a half. Okay. All know. right. And then if you're going real good, top in and, and get grand a or two. to put it in. Yeah. Oh, well, you know, they, they like. Cars, the more luxury, you know. Right. Um, <laughs> um, UV lenses and um, right. blinds that open and, and all kind of things. Um, right. Curve feeders. Box in, yeah. Um, Curve feeders. Right. Yeah, the, the height. I forgot about those. <laughs> <laughs> you got I'm a bubble. And, uh, uh, this, yeah, that's great. All right, so uh, uh, we're going to go to a break real quick. This is going to be fun. We'll get back to – uh, We'll get back to Jimmy in uh, Alabama and also Eric and Olive Branch here in just a moment. Uh, we'll continue our discussion after the break. It's an open topic day, so no question is off the table. What project are you working on? Number to call is 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. We'll be right back. 
This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio. I'm Jason Klein here with contractor Del Moore from Affordable Solutions 601 and Jeff Sammons from Houseworks. Today is an open topic day. We're just here to help. So uh, let us help you complete your home improvement project. Join the conversation this morning by calling 877-MPB-RING. Do the same thing that Jimmy in Alabama did. He's got a heat pump issue going on. What's going on, Jimmy? Oh, not too much. How y'all guys doing today? We're great. Yeah, what I'm calling about, uh, I have a heat pump. I'm not sure what's the name of it. I know it if I hear it. But uh, it, it heats up. I mean, it, it, the air condition works, but the heater won't work. So huh. I'm not sure what's the problem with it. Is it electric? Yes, it's electric. Okay. It's got a uh, heat strip in it. If, okay. he, if, he's, if the heater's not working, the, the heat strip is out. Okay, that's what it is. That's Assuming my opinion. Now. Turning on. Yeah, that's 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 diagnosed over the phone. Okay. Right. <laughs> All right then. Okay, so that's what I need. Each trip. Right. There you go. If that's it, I'll send you an invoice. Right. All right. I'm just kidding. Guys, so much. Hey, thanks. I appreciate it, Jimmy. <laughs> A service call. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Eric is on the line in Olive Branch. Uh, Eric, and uh, you you've got a comment about screws. It better not be a good comment about flathead screws. <laughs> We're gonna fight. Oh, this is this is uh, uh, kind of elementary. Uh-huh. You, uh, you all have been in the construction and, and remodeling business long enough to know that nails didn't used to be once upon a time round. Yeah, right. right. That's true. They they were square because they were cut from flat metal stock. Right. And screws, likewise, had to be manufactured. And cutting a Phillips head into the top of a screw is a whole lot more complicated than cutting a straight slot. That's true. Man, That's I've never true. thought about that. That's you, why. You're right. Okay. But, Eric, since we're not making square nails anymore, right. why are we still making uh, um, slotted screws? Slotted screws? Yeah. Well, you check your toolbox and see how many slotted screwdrivers you've got. <laughs> right. I, <clears throat> let me, yeah, let me tell you. I just there there is no faster way in my opinion to put a hole in your hand than to use a flathead uh, screwdriver. <laughs> yeah, pretty pretty true. And most folks that uh, that use a lot of flathead screwdrivers uh, wear them down to where they're not really sitting in the slot very tightly, or they try to use too yeah. small a screwdriver. Right. That's a good point. Um, wrong tool for the wrong job. Okay. There, there you go. All right. Thanks a lot, Eric. Bye. Right. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Let's keep on going. Oh, Michelle's got something really cool out of Meridian Spray Cork. This is too awesome. What's going on, Michelle? Well, I was watching a home improvement show last night. Uh-huh. Uh, it's called Homes, Homes Makes It Right. Yeah, home, yeah. A product called Spray Cork, and they used it on the inside of a commercial building. But then the other show, they used it on the outside over brick. Instead of something else, I wondered: Have you seen this application? Does it last? No, um, you know that's interesting. This is, is going to be funny, Michelle. We, there are lots of. I watch uh, Mike Holmes also. It's a, it's it's a great show. It's a lot of fun. But let me say one thing: most of those shows are filmed in Canada, 
And there are so yeah. many things that I watch them all the time, but there are so many things and products that they use that are based on their need to insulate for cold at a much larger degree than we do. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's funny products up there. You never see one of those home improvement shows talk about venting the attic. You never do. They all talk right. about, yeah, we're doing a ridge vent, whatever, because it's not a big deal there. Well, if uh, you know, if you if you come to Mississippi and get in your attic today, it's 147 degrees up there. Sure, <laughs> you yeah. know. So so each each place has its own materials that it's more accustomed to using. I've not heard of the spray cork though. That sounds amazing. I, I can tell you this about Mike Holmes. I have met him personally. And uh, if there's anyone in the industry that you can trust, uh-huh. it, it is Mike Holmes. Really? Yes, I'm very serious. Okay. And so yeah. he's not just TV guy. No, absolutely not. Okay. Not even close. And it looked interesting because it's sustainable. You know, court replaces itself sure. every seven or eight years. And I thought, well, you know, it's time for me to start thinking about painting my house. And uh-huh. I thought, I wonder if I could use it on the part of the house that's brick instead well, of paint. That's a good question because, you know, a lot of people now are using the, the tough shield type um, paints, you know, and, and I'll go ahead and use one of the names you know of is probably like Rhino, something like that, which are these uh, these new ways of coating homes that don't require lots of painting afterwards. And uh, they're, they're uh, tentable colors. Mm-hmm. You still there, Denise? I'm still, I'm still here. I was just thinking it'd be nice if it lasted longer than I'm going to be in the house, you know. Uh, right. That's what I was trying to think. And it looked like it was a great insulator as well. And just thought maybe y'all had seen it. But I'm, I'm sure you can see the episode if you go to, you know, one of the. No, we'll check it out. I can tell you, Jeff's already uh, Googled it and has got pictures up in line here for us to all uh, gawk at it. It's pretty, pretty amazing looking. Yeah, it really is. They're talking about. Um Basic, uh, basically, it's a skin for your home, and it's a paint. A skin uh, for your home. That's what they're calling it, so which, crazy. again, now, I just pulled that's this awesome. up. Um, I tell you what, what, another thing we were covering today was uh, tools to have in the toolkit. Uh, if you're DIY, and that's where we got the Phillips and Flathead conversation, uh, you're going to want a tape measure. Every house oh, needs yes. a tape measure. Uh, do yourself a favor. Get yourself a good level, okay? Uh, a good level. And put that on your pictures. And maybe an really adjustable wrench, too. Right. Um, yeah, and, and you know what? Use the hammer less. There's always a hammer in the kit, and it's your go-to. I know it is. It's always the go-to for everybody when you get mad at the thing, and you're like, oh, no, this is happening. You pick up the hammer. Uh, you know what? Use the hammer less. Uh, but you still do need that. Uh, a power drill, folks. As far as doing work around the home... Nothing mm-hmm. will make you not want to ever do that again than turning a screw 57,000 times with your forearm. So, uh, And obviously a flashlight. I think yes. the best home improvement tool that's happened in, in my lifetime is the smartphone. Uh, taking a picture of broken thing, mm-hmm. taking it to someone who knows more about broken thing, <laughs> right. and have them tell you what to do. <laughs> so the smartphone has become the best tool in home improvement as far as I'm concerned. You're talking about the uh, cork. I'm, I'm still stuck on this cork. Uh, okay. um, a hundred and a bucket that covers 180 square feet is 250 dollars. 
All right. <laughs> so facts you didn't know expensive. before you started today. That's right. Yeah. So, but anyway, so it's, uh, maybe maybe it's a great product. No, that's cool. All right, number to call. Oh, wait a second. That's not what we're doing. We're, it's over. Fix It 101 is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio and is funded by the generous contributions from listeners like you. Our show is produced by Mr. Java Chapman. Our call screener today was Miss Liz Gill. For Del Moore and Jeff Sammons, I'm Jason Klein. Stay tuned for Everyday Tech with Michelle McAdoo. And join us next Wednesday at 9 for Fix It 101 only on MPB Think Radio. Support for Fix It 101 comes from Atmos Energy, with a reminder to call 811 before starting to dig to get underground utility-owned lines located and marked. It's free, it's safe, and it's the law.